Hello and welcome to Hussop Podcasts. I'm Ollie. We've done away with Louis. He's not here anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm joined by our amazing Cardinal Bertie. Hi. And two very special guests, Lottie. Hello. And Cormac. Hi. So today we're going to be podcasting on uh, the Ark in Space and the Beast Below for Solar Flare Week. Um, first of all, we're going to do a spoiler warning because I remember to do spoiler warnings when I'm hosting <laughs> podcasts. Uh, I'm not throwing shade at anyone. Um, spoiler Someone warning. <laughs> Louis walking back. Also, Freya. Oh, poor Freya. Everyone who's ever hosted the Who's podcast before is crying. Yeah, just good at remembering it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, spoiler warning specifically for The Ark in Space and Beast Below, generally for the Tom Baker and Matt Smith eras of Doctor Who, potentially for anything in the Hooniverse or anything at all. Um, before we get started. Hello. <laughs> May I just say a big happy birthday to Martin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Martin Cafola, Hussock and Lumnus's former Hussock coordinator's birthday today, apparently. Happy birthday, Martin. <laughs> happy birthday. I don't I don't know who you are yet. That's a shame. You will. Happy birthday. If you've seen Noted. some perished me- messaging on the Discord, that's Martin. Oh, okay. Well, I know I know something I need to do after this. <laughs> I, think, I think I met Martin after the not even after during the tag master thanks for interrupting me Bertie. <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking the hate crimes have already started <laughs> um yeah he was at the taskmaster social okay we're back after some uh technical issues um i think we were we were just done saying happy birthday to martin happy birthday martin happy birthday, martin. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Martin. so I'm going to describe the Ark in space now. I've not done this before. Um, The TARDIS lands on a space station orbiting Earth in the distant future. It's seemingly deserted, but the Doctor, Sarah Jane and Harry soon discover that they are not alone. Thousands of humans are in cryogenic sleep, and while they've slept, their Ark has been invaded. A parasitic insect race, the Wirren, have taken control and threaten the very future of humanity. Dun, dun, dun. So... What do be what what are people's general thoughts on this episode? Yes, Bertie, what's your thoughts <laughs> on the Ark in space? It was a bit boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so what exactly on the plot did you uh, find? I like the Ark. Um Did you like the space? I loved the space. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I think Sarah Jane was there and I love Sarah Jane. She was. You think Sarah Jane was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was there last night. I just it wasn't the most fast paced. Um, I mean, all classic who is like famously slow paced. Yeah, yeah. And there's a they've got to get those cliffhangers. Pardon? They've got to get those sweet, sweet cliffhangers. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bug just yeah. falling. Yeah. <laughs> well, you 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 can't forget <gasps> my hand. <laughs> Covered in bubble wrap. Yeah. Like pers- I, personally, sorry. I have a defense for that. We can come back to that. It's okay. just, it's fine. You... Personally, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I think it was a I, it was a fun concept. It yeah. got a little messy towards the end, but that's okay. That's classic Who for you. Um. So you know, the, the episode begins. They land. Um. They land on the Ark, and it's sort of it's sort of interesting how it's like the Doctor is just. Like, it wasn't supposed to be a whole adventure or Harry being a new companion. The Doctor was just proving to Harry that the TARDIS could go anywhere. I think um, it's the first episode I've seen with Harry Sullivan in it. Mm. 
Uh, I did enjoy um, Harry Sullivan being in the episode. Thought he was quite funny. But also, uh, I was very much confused by um, him looking like Anthony from Bridgerton. Yes! Oh. Those were some awful sideburns. No, yeah, you were commenting on the sideburns. I, I couldn't get over the sideburns. That was probably the big thing that you were focusing on in the episode, not the, not anything else. They were just really, like, they weren't even in fashion at the time. No. Mm. It was a choice. He he woke up that morning and was like, you know what? I'm going to have sideburns that cover my complete face. Like, at that point, get a beard. Like, Tennant did have sideburns. Especially in, like, the specials. Not as Harry Sullivan as a Harry Sullivan's. To be fair, Tom Baker had sideburns as well. Yeah. Yeah. Harry level. With that much Mm. hair, I think he sort of gets away with it. Yeah, I guess. You can mm-hmm. hardly see him. <laughs> I, I think Harry is generally a really fun character, because yeah. when you're writing a secondary companion, you can do them a bit differently. Like, I think that's the fun with, like, Rory, with Nardole. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, it's just funny watching them interact and Harry just sort of getting insulted. No, you're a ham-fisted idiot. Your brain is beginning to work because of my influence. <laughs> wonder how many people got their bingo cards out <laughs> as soon as uh, yeah. Harry was being insulted. Mm. You see, oh, yeah. that really got on my nerves after a little bit. Yeah. I One of the things I don't like about the Doctor is how he insults his companions. Mm. Mm. So when he kept going for Harry... I was like, you've got, you've got to let up. Low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's a low hanging fruit. Insult something else, you like your sideburns. You can, you can do something. <laughs> you can say something like three times, mm-hmm. and then it's the rule of three in comedy. Once you've done it three times, okay, make another joke. Please yeah. leave Harry alone now. Please you've done him. it three times. Harry's gonna have to go crying. <laughs> He's calling therapist. Throughout up. the whole episode, he was like, oh. Guess we've got to go home now. <laughs> Back to TARDIS time. And speaking of the Doctor and Harry, there's that fun little scene where they're trying to like evade the laser that's coming from the roof. Mm-hmm. They're crawling around under a little desk and moving it around and like working out that it's only organic materials that it shoots. I think it's a really fun little scene and I enjoy them working out how to deactivate it. Yeah. Remind- I enjoy the sonic screwdriver being a screwdriver. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Makes a welcome change. I remember there was um, in that scene where he's like, "If I had a, my Joe, if I had a cricket ball, I'd jolly well be able to get that liver." <laughs> and then you guys were immediately like, just like to the left and right, of me like, "Please let him miss." <laughs> and then that would have been so funny. And then um, it's the mark of it being good that you didn't expect him to sort of spoil us for the Ark in Space, obviously, um, that the cricket ball disintegrated. Not the biggest spoiler for the Ark in Space. <laughs> to be fair, we gave a spoiler warning. Yeah, but... The podcast you know, will be titled The Ark in Space. saw them, like me. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also... I've realised, what was actually the point of Sarah, Sarah Jane being, like transported into the little thing? Was that just to incentivize the Doctor and Harry to explore the Ark a bit more? Ah, I think she just did a bit of like a uh, sort of a rest. <laughs> she probably wanted Sarah Jane probably won't know that. Yeah, just um, a little nap. That's fair. I can relate. <laughs> Can't we all? Well, actually, wasn't it to kind of introduce the hey, look, there's more to this ship. So you're actually like it, it, it's just hey, here's a new setting that you need to go to because you need to find Sarah, and also distraction from obvious alien of like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you saw a thing move. Don't worry about it. Remember, we've got someone to care for. 
Mm. That makes you, sense. Harry. Yeah. The, the sort of, I don't know what it's called, but the thing that sort of trapped them in the, I don't want to call it, um, su- yeah, it's suspended animation. The thing that um, trapped them in the suspended animation looked a lot like a microwave slash air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. got heavy air fryer vibes from it. Yeah, yeah. no, me too. Me too. I love me some some fried Sarah Jane Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty. Oh. Once once they find the uh, Sarah Jane, who's uh, been cryogenically frozen, I guess, and all the other people, and one of them begins to wake up, we find out more about the premise of the episode and what the spaceship is for. We find out that it's an arc that uh, effectively has been used for humanity to escape after the Earth has been ravaged by solar flares. They're orbiting around the Earth and... Uh, they're sleeping for theoretically 5,000 years. I think in the end they were sleeping for 10,000 years because their systems had been damaged. Mm. What do people think of like the concept of that in the arc and escaping a global catastrophe? Eugenics. I was thinking that. I was going to come oh, yeah, up to actually. that. But let, yeah, because yeah, there, there was some very questionable things which maybe should have been addressed a little bit more of like they'd chosen like supposedly the best of humanity which in their mind was basically them being racist and they we've got to be pure and then the doctor and harry and sarah jane come on and like oh instead of oh some more humans have survived it's oh we're no longer pure (laughs) which is what eugenics is so that's definitely questionable uh i love me some eugenics in my in my doctor who yeah yeah Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like milk and Sorry. 
That was a terrible pun. People definitely, uh, we played bingo mm. with tropes during these two episodes, well, story and episode, and one of them was poorly written companion. And I saw many people cross that off when Harry came onto the screen. <laughs> I think he's a well-written companion, but there's moments where he says questionable things. Oh, yeah. But that's classic Who for you, um, not to excuse it. Mm. We soon after meet the Wirren, which is an alien which I think has some very interesting biological features to it. it it's, an, it's not your typical alien. I like how they've... I like how they've done something a bit different with it, and it's quite... It's actually, when you look past the low-budget special effects, it's quite, like, creepy and horrifying the yeah, way it... there was it... a moment in Hoosock where we were watching it, and it we all got quite a little bit, I think, freaked out by the... Yeah. Um, was it, by was it one of the, the cliffhangers, the, the one with, like, the face? Like, it looks yeah, stupid, I but it was also it actually kind of... It might have been the um, third episode cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And it, it's like, yes, it's people with green bubble wrap on them and then like a funny looking prop and also like a guy in a green sleeping bag wiggling along the floor. But like the, the, the idea of it being like a parasite, which, you know, it touches you and then begins to take over your body and your mind. It's quite terrifying. And I think if you had that with modern special effects, it would be one of the most terrifying monsters we'd have seen, in my opinion. Mm. Although to be fair, if they did it like now, it would probably they would have probably used that particular element of the story a lot more rather than just here are some bug things like yeah. it's like here are some bug things and you could become them yeah i expect so that that would have been more central because it's more horror um after a um i mean i haven't uh, obviously googled um tardis wiki uh, mm-hmm. after consulting uh my dear friend Bertie, we yes. have come to the conclusion all by ourselves that um, <laughs> Noah is actually uh, Commander Lazar. Ah, nice. So anyone who was um, listening and was thinking, who was that guy? <laughs> it was Commander Lazar. So you can now tick that off your bingo cards for the Who's Up podcast. I can pretty much guarantee no one was wondering that. Like, <laughs> we, we were, we were I thinking, was. hmm, I wonder... But no one listening to that is like, I wonder who that guy that was called Noah was called. Hmm. That was oh. grammar. Yeah. Speaking of Noah, I find there being something quite interesting that in the end, Noah deliberately, like what's left of him inside the Wirren, sabotages the ship that it that it's on and blows it up. And in the end, isn't necessarily the hero for the episode, but sort of is. And when he's introduced as a dislikable character, it's quite nice him having almost a sort of redemption. Mm. That's quite a popular trope. Reverse twist villain. Mm. I, I I like it as a trope, though. I think it's a good trope. Sometimes I wish people could just be bad, though. Yeah. Just let like with spoilers for Loki with Loki. <laughs> <laughs> mm. just... Is this Loki series two or series one? Um, only series one. So series two hasn't come out yet. I Loki thought. series two. Is that out? <laughs> well, okay. Really? It's not. I didn't know <laughs> that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Just Loki. Um, Loki's <laughs> he they've given him like a whole redemption arc. I'm like, just let let Bestie be bad. Mm. Just let my characters be bad. I don't want this whole tragic story backstory. Mm. But Doctor and Doofenshmirtz. Mm. Spoilers for Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> just trying to take over the tri-state area. 
because he wants to stay there. Yeah. Oh, no, he has a really sad backstory. Who you never actually watch Phineas and Ferb. Like practically every episode is like <laughs> his parents didn't like him. When I was younger, my brother Roger claimed my mother. <laughs> like, look, his parents didn't neither like him. of his parents showed up at his birth. Neither of my showed up in my birth. Why <laughs> can you do the impression? What? <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know what? You're correct. That is a bit sad. It's <laughs> quite <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> but let people just be bad. Why did he have to have a nice little redemption? Why did he have to save people? Just, just let him go round. I, I, I like having a bit, a bit of both. I like having some characters who are just bad and some characters who are bad and then go good, personally. That was beautiful. That, that was, you. actually. So, uh, do you not like Missy, then? That's a shame. No, I... <laughs> I hate... Oh, you can put in a corner now. I love Missy, but do you know what I... I, I was about to swear then. Do you know what I really hate? Missy is food full of trouble. <laughs> all right so we um, i was silent for new listeners um missy a spoonful of trouble with the audio uh drama yeah big that, finish big finish audio drama that uh, we listened to last term mm. that uh, a huge rant was <laughs> from bertie was cut out so maybe this is the opportunity for bertie to talk about it again I, I, podcast leader <laughs> i mean i feel like this is not the missy spoonful of mayhem podcast <laughs> oh come on it can be <laughs> it can be it can be <laughs> can you summarize it in 30 seconds i can see yeah it should be a guttural stream Should i set a timer <laughs> yeah it's gonna be screaming <laughs> for 30 seconds hold on let me set the timer up <laughs> we're gone off the rails nah we, we're fine we're all good. All right. <laughs> not 30 minutes. Jeez, we... Let we've, me have 30 minutes. We've not gone off the rails. The rails are just very chaotic. There were never <laughs> any rails to begin with. We're not a train. What? We're just a car. What? <laughs> <laughs> and the rules of the road do not apply to us. I'm right, to hit 30, 30 seconds, seconds. Go. go. Awful soundscaping. Like, why? Like, where was I? What were you doing? It was pointless, right? Only one person there could act, and that was obviously Michelle Gomez. The rest of them, yes. wait, they added nothing. 15 seconds. <laughs> it was poor acting, poor soundscaping. It was not a compelling story at all. It didn't really need to happen either. Like, it added nothing to the universe. It was rubbish, and I rest my case. Spoilers for Mrs. Springfield Mayhem. <laughs> Okay, that is the time we're done. Anyway, to wrap up the arc in space. <laughs> uh, um, You've lost control of the cards. <laughs> I mean, so towards the end of the episode, they get, uh, it ends with them just transmitting to Earth. And I d- I've not seen the Spitalian experiment, which is the next episode. But I think, as I understand, the ep- like that season, is con- it continuously goes with rather than being completely independent the end of each episode leads into the beginning of the next one and i find in classic who having arcs is quite uncommon so i (laughs) arcs that was not an intentional pun but it was i will claim it who sub podcast where we don't do intentional puns but they happen anyway (laughs) take that off your bingo card jesus (laughs) anyway well, like I, I think it's, I think it's very fun having that little bit of, you know, more of an overarching story for the season. 
Yes. Yeah. yes. Did anyone have any closing thoughts on this episode before we... It was wonderful and very interesting. It was a I have to defend the bubble wrap. Yes, defend oh, yes, the bubble wrap. Because, like... You get the seconds, go! <laughs> First of all, they didn't just use regular bubble wrap. They, they dyed it green, that's different. But also, bubble wrap at the time wasn't as, like, commercially available. So it wasn't as, like, as much of a commonplace item as we have now. Mm. So at the time, it would kind of still feel a bit weird. It still, like, yes, it's aged, but if you think of it in context, honestly, it wasn't the worst decision to use as, as, as th- like, sci-fi things have used, like, very normal objects for, for like, worse things than, than just using some bubble wrap. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of see the charm in it. At first, I did think, hmm, that looks a bit silly, but I like the bubble wrap. I think they used it in a really creative way. Mm. I think, given the budget they had, I think they did the best that they could have done with it. I completely agree with you. It looks better than the Beast Below CGI. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's true. That's fair. Wrong. That's fair. Yeah, it's um. There's some very good, like, bubble wrappy looking beasts in that episode. Speaking of beasts, let's move on to the Beast Below. <laughs> Whoa, what a segue. Uh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Owen Welter in my hoosock? Ka-chow. <laughs> <laughs> For Amy Pond's first TARDIS trip, the Doctor takes her to Starship UK. In the far future, the Earth has been ravaged by solar flares and humanity has fled to the stars. The Doctor and Amy must discover the dark truth of Starship UK and face an impossible choice. Why are people scared of the things in the booths? Ooh. Ooh. So yeah, it opens with... inspectors. (laughs) Very immediately after the title sequence, we get this premise of it is Starship UK... We, like it's not the slow build up that we get with Ark in space to finding out. It's just immediately solar flares have ravaged the Earth. This is Starship UK. I don't necessarily think it's better or worse, but it's an interesting how that's a, it's a different way of structuring an episode. A little trivia about this episode: whenever we see the logos for Starship UK, apparently they're sort of based on the old BBC logos. Oh, that's interesting. And if um you see that point in the episode where um Amy uh gets. Uh, knocked out by the I don't know what they're called creepy guys hoodie guys <laughs> ah, yes. by the youths of today <laughs> um, by the youths of today who wear a key around their um, neck um, we see a sign that says uh, magpies electricals mm. which is a little clever bit of trivia there mm. so I've run out of trivia to say but that was Lottie's trivia hour yeah, <laughs> thank you for confirming the the old BBC logo thing. I kind of noticed that yesterday. I was like, wait. Huh. <laughs> I recognise those shapes. Yeah, it's really fun. I also noticed the, uh, like, it's the, the the lifts, like the little logo by the lifts is the London Underground symbol. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's lots of fun little, little British things in there. Or, like, you've got the Union flag in the control room with, like, mm-hmm. yeah, all the little, yeah, the screens are union flag shaped for some reason yeah it's also i it's interesting the continuity between um these two episodes obviously it's why we put them together but how they brought back the idea of having solar flares in doc in like at some point in the future the earth is ravaged by solar flares it makes them feel like there's more of a connect between the different it like classic and modern eras it feels like they are it's nice to pay homage luckily that the old episodes stuff. were in uh silver flies week huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, 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 
I must admit, I had forgotten that Beast Below, the whole premise was, oh yeah, Solar Flare's Earth and therefore Starship UK. I'd mm. forgotten that. So at first I was like, what? Why is that in Solar Flare? Like, I see yeah. there are better examples of Solar Flares. Like, <laughs> no? And th- but then then mm. I realised, and it's all fine. Yeah. It's also then, like, brought, brought back again in our... Um... I'm gonna plug Doctor Who out of the shadows. <laughs> and, in our in our audio dramas, in the nuclear option, it's set essentially once everyone's back home and the Earth has been repopulated after the solar flares, which I think is a really fun little thing. I suppose the fact that that whole thing is set up much more quickly compared to the arc in space, I think it kind of works. Given the solar flare thing has been done before, it's nice to just go. This is what it is. Whereas we're gonna slowly build up the more sort of police state things about this episode or big whale big whale <laughs> big whale big whale um, mind you with you just saying that i don't know if it's because we'd watched a classic who episode just before but it just seems so much quicker than i remembered it being mm, like you you practically blinked and it was like oh wait hang on they're already they're already at the end whoa <laughs> what mm. are you doing where's the cliffhangers <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Where's the bubble wrap? Where's the bubble wrap? Mm. Why isn't the doctor insulting his companions? I was a bit mean to Amy. Yeah, but there was actual. I mean, that's towards the end of the episode, so we'll discuss that a bit later on. But there, there was context behind that. Yes, I'm doing structure in this podcast. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Um, I like it. But yeah, this is Amy's first, second ever episode, first outing in the TARDIS, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's always interesting to see how the companions are developed in a second episode and how their relationship with the Doctor develops in that way, you know, having been taken away somewhere. She was in her nighty the whole time, <laughs> and that stressed me out. <laughs> like, was she not cold? Was mm. she not a little embarrassed? Been, are you not embarrassed <laughs> for wandering around in United? Because you know what? Before I let a strange man hold my leg as I float in space, you're putting trousers on. Like I'm not doing it in my in my pajamas, and I don't know how that never crossed her mind. Also, how are you supposed to run? Like, was she just wearing slippers? I guess so. Yeah. Or was she like? Going, was she? Was she all going barefoot on the moon or something? I you think know? she was wearing slippers. How did they not How'd slip you off? run in slippers? Like, she went into that sick. Mm. I don't know if anyone's tried to run in slippers, but Christmas morning, running in slippers, down steps, no. To be fair, it's probably easier than running in heels. Yeah. 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 Sarah true. Jane did that. Yeah. Sarah Jane can do anything. Yeah, you got this me there. The, did she 13 Bannerman Road is where Sarah Jane <laughs> Smith lives. Ready? Always. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, love me some Sarah Jane Adventures sorry do continue that's okay. fine there's something interesting here because I think feel free to pull me up on my timelines I'm pretty sure this was written around the same time that Moffat was writing Sherlock and I think it really shows with how uh, Eleven is portrayed like he immediately arrives and is noticing tiny details and putting things together you'd never think to put together oh there's no footsteps or no one's touched the things in the booths and there's a child crying, but silently, and no one's asking her if she's okay, so police state. I found mm. another Moffat staple, um, which is sort of zoom in on the eye and then exposition, <laughs> which yeah. happened also in the 11th hour. And mm. I think 
um sometimes in sherlock that happened yeah yeah so, sorry with sherlock i know this technically breaks the structure oh no but that bit towards the end that bit towards the end with like amy putting everything together speaking of why did the doctor not put any of that together what anyway amy putting uh, everything together of like children and that's why the that, that, that like it's fine just turn off the thing stop torturing it that was very sherlock like specifically mm. like Stephen moffat sherlock that that yeah. whole like putting everything have different scenes all the overlapping like it is it, it, it was just sherlock what mm. moffat it's extremely your sherlock, other shows yeah. are showing <laughs> calm down yeah yeah absolutely um not long after, of course, they find themselves on a tongue inside a big whale. You mean um, Lancashire? <laughs> yes, that's the one. I, I feel like I was saying if, if Bertie had written this episode, it would have been Peterborough. I hate Peterborough. <laughs> I love Lancashire. I hate Peterborough. Personally, I would have put it as Watford. No offence to people from Watford. But... <laughs> no, no offence to people from Lancashire, but I'm from Yorkshire, so... I, I want to know how they didn't see the teeth that were right in front of them sooner. Because it was dark. It was really <laughs> thick. How did they see it at all? Then? All right, so Ollie, if you were, they weren't covered in sick, yeah. Okay, but if you'd have landed on sick, mm. or if you'd landed on a tongue, I feel like you'd be more focused on like you're on a tongue mm. rather than the fact that you know, oh no, there's teeth, or someone's made mm. a design choice about the wallpaper and it looks like teeth. Yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, they had more pressing matters. I also they were in Lancashire. <laughs> I love the fact that I am the Doctor. Like Matt Smith's main victorious theme plays as they're being vomited out <laughs> of the mouth. It's, it's glorious. It is stunning. <laughs> is it the first time the Doctor says John Remote or not? When does no, he, he says he says it at the end of the end of time. In his oh. first time seeing. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. Mm. He does do that. But in the um in the Take first established um established uh eleventh episode. Yeah, I don't know if he ever says it in the eleventh hour or before that. I don't know. But yeah, it uh, it's just I, I love how he just doesn't care. He's like, this isn't gonna be big on dignity. And Amy's just horrified, as I think we all would be. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a sensory nightmare. Yeah. Well, there are also there are also two moments pretty close together of just like Doctor being ecstatic and then Amy just like Ah, like, <laughs> you have the say we <laughs> just screaming, and then you have Geronimo, and then just screaming. <laughs> she was being a very convincing audience surrogate. Yes, yes, she absolutely was. <laughs> and that's fine. what I would be doing. Amy Pond, and I'm the audience surrogate. Wait, no. in seconds. What's my subplugin? <laughs> Voting. <laughs> anyway, of course, we we then find ourselves in the uh, the the Tower of London <laughs> with Guild Gormer. No, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> just dying of laughter. This is normal. It's fine. We're all good. Um, I've decided you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Assigned fine by Ollie. The exec commands that you are fine. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we, we we then we then get a very sort of trolley problem. Oh, maybe twice. I'm trying to bring us back on track. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. 
we then get a very sort of trolley problem with choice with sort of is it like do you because obviously it is a horrible thing that they're doing to the star whale but they think that they've got no choice in doing it and in a sense is it justified to torture this innocent creature if it means all of a whole like millions of people can live like if that was the only two choices is that justified there is a third option it involves murder <laughs> spoilers for cat in the hat <laughs> oh no That's a good movie that is a good movie i love that that movie gave me nightmares as a kid yeah as it should good reason as I, it I, should. I can never watch that movie for a while because of a nightmare i had about it <laughs> yeah i was a child okay what was giving you was it i can understand it being the cat giving you nightmares and also the things but which I feel like it was like the the purple bubbles like consuming purple everything. Bubbles. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Your psyche, I think. What does it say about my psyche? I don't know. I'm actually getting no, nightmares from. My sometimes, <laughs> no. uh, sometimes stratagem. That that's what I managed to get nightmares from. Mm. Not Sontaran experiment. I haven't watched Sontaran experiment. But then I was. Like, hmm. mm. Anyway, I, I want to know what do people think of. Sorry, I shouldn't say what. What do people? What do I people? Apologize, listeners. What do people think of that choice? Is it acceptable to take an instant creature to to keep the millions of people alive? Oh, you shouldn't have tortured the thing in the first place. That's. But the point is, if they hadn't, everyone would have died. You could have just got an engine like everyone else. Well, yeah. I mean, presumably they couldn't, or they would have done. No, because they just went, hey, look. Yeah, but they left it till last. Like, every other nation had left, and everyone was screaming and burning. So I assume it's, like... Classic UK. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just went, there's a big beastie. Let's put a ship on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, there's a big beastie. No, they wouldn't be Scottish. <laughs> Scotland already gone. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, their own ship. It, it is fun. I mean, it's like you're saying, it's a very Sherlocky moment, but I, I do like the way Amy works out the um like the, the 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 fact that it was actually there to save them and because you know it couldn't stand to watch children cry and it's it's a very nice parallel with the doctor if a little on the nose mm. yeah i feel like they didn't need to reiterate it they did reiterate in the second it scene times. yeah yeah i think the... if you're old and kind and old <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I... So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the Matt Smith era has a surprising amount of like time war, last of the time lords kind of stuff. I mean, like even in like like the Doctor's wife, you've got like wait ah I'm not the last. Wait, I am the last. You've got like um like day of the Doctor like right at the end being like hey guess what time war. But it's like Moffat, you didn't. That's not yours, mate. Well, I'm using <laughs> it so much. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I know. I know. Hand me down storyline. Give it back. <laughs> That's Russell's toy. <laughs> I do think some people, and I understand this, think we should have entirely moved on with that past the end of time. I I feel like it's a big enough turning point in the Doctor's life that it should continue to be addressed. Um, yeah, I... It doesn't necessarily need to be addressed as much as it is, but I think the extent to which it is in the Beast Below works. Yeah, I, I I like it coming back. I wasn't I wasn't 
I wasn't saying like, oh, it's so horrible, Moffat. Why are you doing this? Like, yeah, I know what you no, mean. Though. Yeah, but it, 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 it's it's merely an observation that it does seem to come back, like the Daleks for some reason. Why die already? Bronze Daleks, please go. Anyway, I like the Bronze Daleks. We didn't do a trigger warning for the word Chibnall. I'm sorry. Chibnall turns up in every podcast. If you if you listen to these sort of podcasts and don't expect to hear Chibnall bashing, then like, what are you doing? I do think we should only call him Chibbers from here out. Okay, Chibbers yes. warning. Chibbers. I, I still absolutely love that that was on the bingo card. <laughs> Instead of just saying Chibbers warning, can we have just sort of the extract of him being interviewed as a kid? And just, <laughs> I thought the episode was um, quite um, going into all those um, Scooby-Doo things. And the, I can't remember it. I've not seen it. No, I've not Someone seen it. Someone needs to make like a little, uh, little device where you press a button and it just plays that as like a <laughs> Yeah, it's called YouTube. <laughs> I meant like a physical thing, so you could bring it to a recording session. YouTube on my phone. Anyway, haha. Okay. <laughs> I I do think I bested the fresher. <laughs> Stop bullying people. I'm sorry. Welfare concern. I I I do also think there's there's an interesting um, I think there's an interesting moral question with. You know, Amy very much like frees the creature, and that is a massive risk. Like she had to be very, very sure she was right to do that. Just girly things. And obviously, it worked out in the end. But like, there's an interesting moral question of even though it technically worked out, was it morally right to do that when you're risking the lives of everyone on Starship UK? It was completely fine because Scotland wasn't there. <laughs> oh, you got me there. You got me there. That answers that question. <laughs> And then finally, we actually quite randomly, quite similar to the Ark in Space, we have set up for the next series with, first of all, I mean, later in the series, sorry, with first of all, Winston Churchill and the Daleks, so it leads into the next episode, but also seeing the crack. I love the crack storyline. I think it's great. <laughs> I immediately heard Bertie go, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the way that it was really subtle. And then they went, <laughs> Zoom. That wasn't. They didn't necessary. need to do that, but they did. It's like really subtle. Yeah, I think I would have preferred it, have preferred it like if it was a little bit more subtle. But mm. but they went boom in the darts. German logic. I I think it's true with a lot of uh, Moffat things where Moffat's a great writer. But he's not a subtle writer. <laughs> what do you mean? Very old and very kind. It's like if this was in series one, it would be like Bad Wolf instead of the crack. But you wouldn't you wouldn't zoom in on it. It would ju- you'd just see the ship, and it would just look like, hey, look, it's the ship that was just on, and like, wow, it's the whale. And then it would just you would just have the credits, and it'd be fine. Yeah. It wouldn't have and necessarily it, even been at the end of the episode. It would have just been in the background somewhere. Which oh, yeah, possibly even at the beginning. Been. Yeah. Like in that establishing shot. Just like, hey, look, mm. ship. But subtle, yeah. Do you want to know my favourite part about The Beast Below? What? My favourite character, Timmy. Ah, what lad? The fa- my favourite line is the kid going... <laughs> <laughs> of course the kid was called Timmy. <laughs> yeah. He got a zero. Like, man's failing primary How school. How did he do that? <laughs> Well, clearly you wanted to know what was inside the beast, you know? 
Good point. That's it's, a good point. You don't get a zero unless you're doing it intentionally. You know, or even you just don't turn up. Maybe yeah. you didn't turn Spider-Man up. Spider-Man into the spider. That's uh, spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I must say it's a bit like, okay, obviously it's supposed to be dystopian in a police state, but the fact that they literally feed children to the beast for getting a zero on an exam is a little harsh. They feed adults to the beast and they feed kids. And mm. I know we were thinking like, oh. Oh, no one died in this episode. But they said it doesn't eat the children. So the adults have been eaten. Yeah. Not during the episode, but it, th- no, th- not which it means technically it's... everybody lives. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Whoever won, who who someone won the bingo and I let them have. Oh yeah. Everybody yeah. lives. That's mm. fair enough. I mean, we put everybody lives on there because everybody lives. Yeah. Yeah. No That's why we put on the bingo the card. Um, I just love that it's it it's phrased as that because oh boy, Eccleston underrated. Anyway, <laughs> yes. when when we um sorry when I first watched the Beast Below, I must have been about ten. Um, the the zooming on the crack at the end, I didn't realize it was the crack in space time from the previous episode. I thought it was just when the Beast had been freed, it had rattled the ship and like cracked a little bit of it. Oh. <laughs> And it was only only like a dark mind. (laughs) Oh no, they're all going to (laughs) die. Um, does anyone have any closing thoughts on this episode before we move on to podcast questions? Bad boy, Timmy. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) I just like what. What is the logic behind having three faces on those smilers? I think that's just fun. Like it doesn't technically make sense, but it's Moffat and it's fun. It's like a um. Red, amber, green. I also like how Why? they've got two halves. You I can't have it's... three halves on one thing. It I think it it makes it them it makes them really creepy. I think I think it does a brilliant job at making them exceptionally creepy because mm. yeah. it doesn't make sense and it's uncanny. Also, I find it very interesting how whenever they're sitting in the booths. And whenever they're looking angry, they're always looking at the camera. They're not looking forward. They're looking at the camera. They're looking at you, the audience. Mm. And that, again, makes them even creepier. Also, because like... you've been a very naughty boy and or girl and or person. I don't know. Like... <laughs> you've been naughty. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ollie does have a bit of a reputation for being a bad boy. <laughs> anyway, he wears moving on to podcast to questions. his uh, mass lectures. <laughs> We have today like nine or ten podcast questions, so we're going to get through them quickly. We're going to have to um, feel these out. Let's Lorna go. wants to know: Do you prefer cheap or expensive Doctor Who monsters? Shout out to Bubble Wrap Monster. Uh, cheap, cheap, cheap ones are fun. More it, fun. It depends. More it depends. It's, it's all about the execution. So yeah. I like the Bubble Wrap ones because mm. they're fine. But mm. if Modern Who had done the Bubble Wrap, well, it's execution in context. If Modern yeah. Who had done the Bubble Wrap thing, now. Just don't. yeah, yeah, exactly. And like cheap CGI, not good. Mm. If you're going to use CGI, it's got to look good, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. Philosophical yeah. discussion. Put that on your bingo card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I find even cheap, cheap, cheap CGI can be quite charming. It's one of the charming aspects of the RTD era for me. Mm. It's less excusable now, though. Anyway, Lottie wants to know what is the plot of the the Ark in Space for Bertie specifically. There's some bugs, and there's Sarah Jane Smith. Jacob wants to know <laughs> what household item would make you would you make an alien out of? Oh, 
Well, I mean, if you want to do easy, you could do just toilet paper and be like, it's a space mummy again. <laughs> when, I, when I was younger, I actually, um, quote unquote, made a robot by uh, getting an upturned um, washing basket and the TV that had blown out when we were watching Peter Pan. Ooh, and um, Wild. So, yeah, so that was the end of VHS for us. <laughs> um, so I put the TV on top of the of the washing basket and I was like mom dad come in I made a robot so <laughs> I would use TV Amazing. robots which has probably already happened in Doctor Who oh. laundry yeah that makes sense I, I could imagine making a cardboard box robot also Jacob also wants to know what's more niche the idiot's lantern reference in the in Beast Below or the Beast Below reference in the Antarctica Accords it's definitely the idiot's lantern mm. reference because that's just like a subtle little that's in the back including a brand whereas like the beast below reference in antarctica antarctica records is one of the big themes of the episode the fact that humanity has gone to the stars mingled mm. with things and come back i i would argue that's not a niche reference that's a fairly central bit of the episode if it helps i i'd i'd forgotten about the beast below so <laughs> fair enough uh joe wants to know would the would the british government really invest in transport infrastructure to support the uk's protection against changing climates this listener suggests the premise is highly unrealistic joe is always correct <laughs> y- yes of, of course joe is correct silence <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing you need to say um joe is always correct uh but and and but i don't know no criticism. Joe also wants to know, is Harry a clumsy, ham-fisted idiot? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's always funny to me because obviously our wonderful treasurer, his name is Harry. Yeah. <laughs> every time we would talk mm. about Harry being insulted. Yeah. Joe also wants to know, is Ark in Space better if you watch it with Sontaran Experiment or is Sontaran Experiment only, honestly just worth dropping and not caring about? Has anyone here seen the Sontaran Experiment? Yes. No. You should you should watch it. Uh it's it's not great, but it's only two parts long. It's not exactly a massive chunk of your life gone. It's mm. kind of funny. And it's also the source of the one of the funniest like Doctor Who cliffhangers be like that I've seen. Where it's like the first half is is just it like this isn't actually in the episode, but the, the sort of joke one is just I shall kill you all now, and then immediately it's just the first. I have more important matters to attend to. And it's like, <laughs> one moment I have to do something. I need to look at my laundry. <laughs> I absolutely love it. it, it I, think, really I think it, it's, a, it's a good episode, sort of. Like, there's better, but mm. at least there's no bubble wrap. As much as the bubble wrap is great, for people that don't like the bubble wrap, <laughs> look, you can have strange-looking potato heads. Yeah, they look less like potatoes here, and they're actually tall. We love tall Sontarans. Why are they short? They should be short. Joe also wants to know, will the podcasters wish a very happy birthday to Pusok's one and only Martin Kafola? Joe, we already have. Uh, We're way ahead of you. We're way ahead. Multiverse is ahead of you. And finally, a wine wants to know, how would you make a star whale vomit? I would show it. I would show it uh, Orphan 55. I would feed it Chris Chibnall. (laughs) <laughs> Call Mac wins. Yeah, yeah. I just whisper, Chloe Weber. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'd show them uh, Mickey Smith from Series 1. <laughs> Wait, I have a solution. I have a solution. A, a second solution. Send them back in time and uh, get them to meet Margaret Thatcher. Oh, oh correct. Also, I, something I, I've, I've thought of with this episode... When the star whale vomits the mouth, when we see at the bottom the star whale, its mouth is just like in space. It's not connected into the ship. So how does that work? Does it just have another mouth somewhere? Blowhole question mark? I guess. Anyway, that's all for this week's episode of Who's <laughs> <Up> Podcast. <laughs> uh, th- thank you all for listening, and we will be joining you next week for Martha Week. <laughs> we love Martha. Uh, where we will be watching Human Nature slash The Family of Blood, as well as the Torchwood episode, Reset. Join us then. Bye-bye. And it's goodbye from me, Bertie. Bye! Lottie. Uh And Cormac. Bye! Bye!